Blog Talk Radio. You are listening live to Aquatic Wetline Radio Show with your host, the Aquatic Man himself, Aqua Alex. Aquatic Wetline is a one-stop radio show for everything freshwater. Cichlids, catfish, oddballs, flakos, and much more. Plus, we will be discussing saltwater and reptiles. Aquatic Wetline is your original fish keeper podcast that started it all for the fish keepers. What is on the aquatic discussion tonight? Let's dive down into the Aquatic Wetline headquarters and find out. Here's your host, Aqua Alex. Take it away, Alex. The Aquatic Wetline is brought to you by Atari Sales USA. School of Fish, Inc., Fish Frenzy Tropical Fish, and Blue View Aquatic. Don't forget to head to your local fish store or pet shop to pick up some Hikari products, such as our famous Hikari Bio-Pure Frozen Foods, which include delicious treats such as bloodworms, mysa shrimp, brine shrimp, and more. If you live in Western Massachusetts, be sure to stop by School of Fish, Inc., and Fish Frenzy's Tropical Fish for the finest quality in freshwater and saltwater livestock, fish tanks, and more. Now, let's get on with the podcast. Remember, you can download today's podcast via iTunes or by simply going to blogtalkradio.com forward slash AquaAlex. Now, AquaAlex, take it away. Good afternoon, fish keepers, and welcome to another episode of the Aquatic Wetline on this fine Tuesday afternoon. Thank you so much for being here on the Aquatic Wetline with me. I hope you guys are ready for a fun show. I'm your host, Oscar Alex. Now, I have a good show coming your way tonight. Now, this is a show that many of you have been requesting me to do for quite a while now, so I hope you guys are listening to this show. You know, the ones that requested me to do this show, so here it is. Now, this show is going to be a rather interesting one and a rather good one, and I'm looking forward to hosting it, so I hope you guys enjoy tonight's show because we're going to be talking about every aspect of the aquarium hobby today because there are two main categories of the aquarium hobby. We've got the freshwater side of the hobby, which I really love, and we've got the saltwater side of the hobby, which I have yet to try. And those are basically the two biggest categories of the aquarium hobby. You're probably the two only categories of the aquarium hobby, believe it or not, because goldfish, plants, and um, tropical fish are divided in the freshwater section, and everything else, like clownfish and corals, are divided into the saltwater section. Now, I've never, ever personally kept saltwater fish yet, so I'm only going on hearsay for the saltwater side, but I've personally kept freshwater fish 
and I have a lot of experience in dealing with freshwater fish. I have some experience in saltwater fish because I um, listen to all the employees at my fish store that specialize in saltwater, and I do research on saltwater, but I never had personal experience. So this is going to be a fun show. I'm going to be talking about freshwater versus saltwater. So we're going to have a debate on which one is better and why, and this is going to be a fun show. So hopefully I've got some freshwater enthusiasts on my side tonight on the aquatic wetline. Now, in all seriousness, I'm going to be talking about everything freshwater and Salt water. It's going to be a comparison between the two, and we'll talk about everything you should know. So here at the show agenda for this afternoon's show, I'm going to discuss why I love freshwater and why I like saltwater aquariums. I'm going to discuss the good and the bad of freshwater and saltwater aquariums. I'm going to tell you how to set up a freshwater aquarium and the equipment needed for a freshwater aquarium. I'm going to tell you how to set up a saltwater aquarium and equipment needed for a saltwater aquarium. I'll discuss some fish species for freshwater and saltwater. You know they're going to be hardy and common freshwater and saltwater species. And then I'll discuss some rare freshwater and rare saltwater species. Now, as always, you can go ahead and call in at one three four seven nine eight nine eight one four two to discuss why you like saltwater fish or why you like freshwater fish, to discuss what part of the hobby are you on. Are you on the freshwater side or the saltwater side? Or call us any questions you have or call in to talk about why you love freshwater or why you love saltwater. That's one three four seven nine eight nine eight one four two. Heck, if you disagree with me, call in and let me know why you disagree with me. If you agree with me, call in and tell me you agree with me. One three four seven nine eight nine eight one four two. I would love to hear your voice here on the Aquatic Wetline Fish Keepers. After all, this show is for you, the fish keepers. So grab a beer or early soda because it's still early in the day, or grab your beer or your soda. Sit back, relax, listen to the show, and call in when you're ready. One three four seven nine eight nine eight one four two. All right, so let's go ahead and get started, and I'll start by talking about why I like salt water. And one of the reasons I say I like salt water and not love salt water is because I never had the experience keeping salt water. I never had the experience of the natural beauty of a salt water tank because I'm a poor man right now. I simply don't have the money to keep a saltwater aquarium. But hey, that can change if I start getting income and I get money, then I can get a saltwater tank. But the reason I say I like salt water is because I've never had the opportunity to keep a saltwater aquarium. Now, the next reason I say I like saltwater aquariums is they actually are kind of nice looking. They've got lots of great colors. The fish always look magnificent, and the corals look nice. It's like the person took the time to recreate an ocean in their home aquarium. Now, I do recognize that saltwater aquariums do require more work 
than a freshwater aquarium and also more money and you have to be almost rich to have a saltwater aquarium. So in the next 10 years or so, when I have more money, I'm hoping to enter the saltwater aquarium hobby, but I'm taking my time. They say patience is the virtue, and when I have patience, I'm going to have a saltwater aquarium. So I'm taking it slow to make sure I get it right. I know last year I said that I was going to be entering a saltwater hobby this year, but I'm taking it slow, and I'll be entering it when I'm ready to enter the saltwater aquarium hobby. And I recommend you guys who are thinking about entering a saltwater hobby, if you've been in the freshwater hobby for a while, like myself, take it slow. Continue enjoying the freshwater hobby, and when you're ready, you can side over to the saltwater side. But really, really, you should stick to whatever side you like best. It always It is always nice to try a different side, but in 10 years or so, I'm going to try saltwater. Another reason I like saltwater is it actually is a very cool display tank. If you own a restaurant or you're putting it in your kitchen, people are going to enjoy it. Now, that is why I like saltwater aquariums. They're nice. They're colorful. They've got an ocean inside an aquarium, and they're full of life with all the beautiful color fish, coral, live rock, invertebrates, and etc. Now, I love the freshwater fish keeping hobby because I've been in the freshwater hobby for at least 12 to 13 years now. And the freshwater hobby is actually one of the best hobbies in the aquarium keeping hobby. It's been around for a long time. It's been around longer than the saltwater hobby, believe it or not. Now, the freshwater hobby is something that it's very awesome because new people that are interested in the fish can enter into the freshwater hobby and have a better time keeping fish and saving money than if they were to enter into the saltwater hobby. The freshwater hobby is very simple to keep, and that's one of the reasons why I really enjoy the freshwater hobby is that it's not as labor uh, it doesn't have that much labor as saltwater aquariums do, and it's actually pretty easy. I mean, all you've got to do is feed your fish and do water changes and keep up on your water parameters, and you're good to go. Now, freshwater has a wide variety of fish, from community fish such as tetras, platys, mon- Danios and more, but there is a wide variety of fish in the freshwater hobby. You guys know me, I'm into the monster fish, and I've been into monster fish for a while now. I like the Oscars, I like the Severums, I like the Jack Dempsey's, I like the Pacus, I like the Silver Dollars, and things like that. That's the good thing about the freshwater keeping hobby, is that there's a lot of fish for everyone. So maybe you're not all into the same fish, but there is something out there for you. So that's what I love about freshwater fish. I hope that was a wonderful answer for you. If you've got any questions on my answer, just go ahead and call in 1-347-989-8142. So what do you like about the freshwater hobby or the saltwater hobby? 1-347-989-8142. 
All right, what an awesome start to the show today. And now we're going to get going into our topics, the good and bad of the freshwater and saltwater aquarium hobbies. We'll start with the good and bad of the freshwater hobby. So here is the good of the freshwater aquariums. Now, freshwater aquariums are very easy to set up and can be done with low cost. And if you're on a low budget, you can set up a freshwater aquarium simply. Now, with a saltwater aquarium, it's going to take a lot of time and a lot of money to set up a saltwater aquarium. But one of the best things about the freshwater aquarium is that it's not going to take as much time and not going to take as much money to set up a freshwater aquarium. I mean, I mean, really, all you need for a freshwater aquarium is the tank, the stand, your filters, and your heaters, and maybe a substrate. But even in a freshwater aquarium, a substrate is not really um, necessary because you can do a bare bottom tank and clean it out simply like that. But a substrate is nice in a freshwater aquarium. Now, all you've got to do is fill up your tank and cycle it with some prime and seeded bacteria, and you're ready to add your fish in a week or so. So, really, the best good things about a freshwater aquarium, very easy to set up, and you're not going to spend hundreds to thousands of dollars to set up a freshwater aquarium. Well, I guess if you buy a brand-new 125-gallon or a brand-new 220-gallon aquarium for a freshwater tank, you are going to be paying hundreds of dollars to thousands of dollars. But that's understandable because you're buying a brand-new aquarium. But if you go on Craigslist and buy a used aquarium, which is what I recommend doing, just make sure it holds water, you're going to save a ton of money with the freshwater keeping hobby. And it's a good idea if you're on a low budget, check out your local Craigslist for good deals. And I'm sure sooner or later you're going to find a good deal on an aquarium from Craigslist. And that is how I recommend people to get into the freshwater hobby is to check out some good deals on Craigslist. Because let's face it, not everyone's going to be able to afford a brand new aquarium unless they go to the Peco dollar per gallon sale. But the Peco dollar per gallon sale is only held a couple times per year. All right, the next good thing of the freshwater aquarium hobby is that you can create a river-themed aquarium which is miles cheaper than a saltwater ocean tank. Let's face it, freshwater hobbyists, we have all seen a coral reef aquarium, and we say, a coral reef aquarium is beautiful, but I am nowhere near capable of affording creating a saltwater reef tank, so I'm going to create a nice Amazon river basin in my aquarium. I'm going to create a nice Amazon biotope in my aquarium, and it's going to be awesome. And you could actually create an Amazon biotope in your aquarium for about, let's say, $80, give or take a few bucks, because all you really need is driftwood, some sort of plant. So it doesn't have to be a plant from the Amazon, but some sort of plant and um, lots of driftwood and, of course, some South American fish, and you've got a nice Amazonian biotope. 
Now, of course, it is the aquarium hobby, so you don't have to have every exact species be from South America. You can have fish from all over the world living in a South American biotope, which is kind of nice. But if you're a naturalist like me and uh, Sam Garcia Jr., you would want to stick with the South American species only, but that's up for you to judge. No one else can judge you on that because it's your aquarium. But in the freshwater aquarium hobby, you can create a nice river-themed aquarium simply by using driftwood and plants and things of that um, nature. Now, the next good thing about the freshwater fish-keeping hobby is that it's the best setup for people entering the fish hobby. In other words, freshwater is the best setup for beginners. I would highly recommend anyone thinking about entering the fish keeping hobby to go with freshwater. Why? Because freshwater is more forgiving than saltwater, and because freshwater is less expensive than saltwater, and I believe to my heart, that beginners are going to learn a lot by keeping fresh water, and they're going to gain experience, and over the years, they're going to gain more experience, and later on, when they have enough experience and they feel confidence, they have confidence in the aquarium hobby, then they can go to saltwater. But I feel that the freshwater hobby is the best place for beginners to start. This is the good thing about freshwater hobby is that it brings new fish keepers to the aquarium hobby. Whether they're buying fish from Petco or PetSmart by accident, they're going to research their fish, hopefully, and learn the care of their fish and get involved and buy bigger, bigger tanks for their fish and get more involved in the freshwater fish keeping hobby. And they're really going to love or hate the hobby. But generally, a lot of people who enter the hobby love the hobby and they stay with the hobby. I have never met anyone who has entered the hobby by accident that doesn't like the hobby. Matter of fact, all the people I've met who entered this hobby by accident love it. So it really is a hobby that everyone likes from as far as the people that I've met can tell. All right. Now, the next good thing about the freshwater fish keeping hobby is that, of course, most freshwater fish species are hardy enough to survive through storms and mishaps. Let's face it, beginners are going to make a lot of mistakes, but a lot of these freshwater fish species are bred to survive a lot of mishaps. So fish like guppies, tetras, mollies, barbs, danios, garamis, and captive bred freshwater fish are going to survive, let's say, a pH, uh, a rise in pH or a decrease in pH or a decrease in water parameters or the water parameters go bad. Some of these fish are going to survive because they're very hardy. Now, they're also going to survive power outages. I've noticed that a lot of these fish are getting stronger to power outages. Now, they're not going to survive days or weeks without power outages, but I've noticed that they've been able to survive at least 24 hours without power outages, and that is if you follow correct actions when you get a power outage, and we're going to discuss that when we do a show on power outages. Now, of course, no oxygen in the tank is going to cause these fish to die sooner or later, but they have been bred to survive mishaps and 
um, power outages and storms and things like that. So a lot of these freshwater fish species are very hardy, and you've got to be very thankful for that. Now, of course, freshwater fish and the freshwater keeping hobby is very inexpensive and can be kept with those who have a low budget. Take, for example, myself. I have a very, very, very low budget, perhaps the lowest budget in the state of Massachusetts. All kidding aside, all kidding aside I do have a very low budget. And if I can keep freshwater fish, you certainly can keep freshwater fish. I mean, it's really an inexpensive hobby, and it really is a fun hobby. Matter of fact, besides hosting podcasts, fish keeping is one of my only hobbies that I have, and I really do enjoy it. Hence, today's show. If I really did not enjoy the fish keeping hobby, would I do a show on fish? Good proof for you. I do love the fish keeping hobby, and I do love the freshwater fish keeping hobby very much, and it is very inexpensive. Just ask my good friends, Discus Man William T. and Slash Master1989, Jeff, they'll tell you that the freshwater hobby can be inexpensive and can be kept with those who have a low budget if you do the freshwater fish keeping hobby correct. Now, Next, the next good thing about the freshwater fish keeping hobby is that it does not require any specialty equipment like the saltwater aquarium hobby does. You don't need a protein skimmer in the freshwater fish keeping hobby. You don't need a wave maker in the freshwater fish keeping hobby. As a matter of fact, in my honest opinion, most freshwater fish tanks don't need lights because in the Amazon River, the fish don't have light blooming down in the water. They have natural sunlight, and I feel that natural sunlight comes from a natural sunlight and not a man-made fish tank light. So, as many as you know, I honestly am not really in favor of aquarium lights because they cause allergy in the aquarium hobby. But if I'm keeping some colorful fish and I want to showcase these fish on YouTube, I would get an aquarium light. But if I'm just taking pictures for my radio show or for my Facebook or for Twitter, then I really don't need an aquarium light because my camera can well, really do good with taking fish tank pictures. But um, the natural sunlight provides plenty of light for the fish, and I feel that lighting is not really necessary for freshwater fish because all it does is stress out the fish and cause allergy. Did you guys know that if a light bulb is too bright, it could damage the fish's eyes? And that is really why I don't really don't support having lights on a freshwater fish tank. But in saltwater hobby, it really is necessary to have uh, aquarium light. But to Easter own, I know a lot of you out there are probably disagreeing with disagreeing with me right now because I know a lot of you love the lights for the appeal. But this is my opinion, and it's all it is, so it's just my opinion. But, of course, you don't need any specialty equipment like a protein skimmer or even an overflow. I noticed a lot of these tanks are drilled now, and they've got overflows, and they're sold as reef-ready. You don't need that in a freshwater aquarium. You also don't need a thump in a freshwater aquarium, in my opinion. I know some people who have Oscars and monster fish love having a thump but it's not really necessary in the 
freshwater hobby with all the great filters that we have out there. Like we have Fluval for the canister filters. We've got Marine Land canister filters. We've got Penguin, Marine Land hang on the back filters. We've got Aquion, Quiet Flow hang on the back filters. We've got all these great filters in the freshwater hobby. Why would we need a thump in the freshwater hobby? But that's just my opinion on that matter. So, yes, you don't need any specialty equipment for the freshwater hobby. Now, the next good thing about the freshwater hobby is that there is tons of information online regarding freshwater fish. Yes, and this boils down to research. I know I've stated at least 10,000 times here on the Aquatic Wetline that research is key, but it is true. The freshwater hobby has tons of information on Google. So do some research, and you're going to learn a lot about the freshwater hobby simply by going on Google. The next good thing about the freshwater fish keeping hobby is that, believe it or not, some freshwater fish can produce live babies like live bearers such as platies, mollies, guppies, and swordtails. So, and my favorite fish, my favorite live bearer, the freshwater stingray. But some freshwater fish can't produce live babies, which is a good thing because if you're keeping monster fish like myself, you've got feeders. Yes, you've got feeder fish, but I highly would not recommend it unless you breed the fish yourself to prevent the uh, parasites or any illnesses or anything like that. But if you're keeping these in the community, you're getting free fish without paying for them. So that's a good thing about the freshwater hobby is that you have live bearers that produce live babies. The next good thing about the freshwater aquarium hobby is that even the rarest freshwater fish can eventually be tracked down. So if you're looking for a rare freshwater fish, eventually they'll be tracked down. It might take a month, or two months, three months, four months, or even up to six months for your local fish store to track them down. But in time, your fish store can track down the fish that you are indeed looking for. And a lot of the freshwater fish now are being captive bred. Not all of them are wild caught, so that is a good thing as well. Now, the next good thing about um, the freshwater fish is their personality. A lot of these freshwater fish have awesome personalities, such as clown loaches, Oscars, some of the larger cichlids, such as red devils, minigwensins, dovies, trimax, flower horns, etc. They all have wonderful personalities. And my final good thing for the freshwater hobby is that we've actually got some awesome algae eaters from the little tiny Amazonian algae eater known as Otophyllus to the monster Amazonian algae eater to the Comopacosimus to the Cherison algae eater, Flagtail Prochilotus, to the Chinese algae eater, to the Flying Fox, to the Simonese algae eater, we've got some wonderful algae eaters in the freshwater keeping aquarium hobby. All right, so that is the good of freshwater aquariums. Now let's talk about the bad of freshwater aquariums. Are you ready to learn about the bad of freshwater aquariums? First, the first bad thing about freshwater aquariums. 
the freshwater hobby does get boring after a while. And I've learned that since being in the aquarium hobby for 12 or 13 years now. And a lot of people ask me, Alex, you changed your stock a lot. You changed your stock more than I changed my clothes. Yes, one person did did tell me that. So I guess he doesn't shower much or do his laundry much because I guess I changed my mind more than he changes his clothes. But um, I'm just kidding, all kidding aside. um, The freshwater hobby does get boring quite a while, and I know a lot of people who are indeed really, really big into the freshwater hobby are often trying to find out new ways to try something new in the freshwater hobby, and it is something you can you can consider. If you're getting bored with the freshwater hobby, let's say, for example, you've been keeping discus or angelfish or oscars for the past five years, I would recommend trying something new. That's what I've been doing. I've been keeping angelfish for a while now, and then I recently got bored with angelfish, so right now I went back into Oscars, and Oscars are what originally got me started in the aquarium hobby, so I'm keeping Oscars for the next couple of years, and I'm really, really looking forward to it. And I know last year I changed my mind a lot. I was with Oscars one month. Last year I was with angelfish one month and next, and I was with Seward Dollars another month last year. But this year I'm sticking with my Oscars, and I'm going to raise my two baby Oscars to full-grown size and keep them for their life, hopefully. But, yes, the freshwater fish-keeping hobby does get boring very often. But, like I said, you can change that up by trying something new. Now, the next bad thing about the freshwater fish-keeping hobby is very true, and that is people keeping monster fish in too small of aquariums. Yes, unfortunately, this happens a lot. People keep monster fish in too small of aquariums. For example, I see people keeping two or more Oscars in a 55-gallon aquarium or keeping pakus and a red-tailed cat and gars in a 55-gallon aquarium. It really is a shame that fish stores sell monster fish to people not knowing the size that they're going to reach. So it really is one of the worst things about the freshwater fish-keeping hobby is that monster fish get sold and then eventually die because they don't have a proper size aquarium or they get stunted and their organs break down and a poor fish loses its life. I personally think pakus, red-tailed catfish, arowanas, gars, and the like should only be sold to those who have... 300-gallon aquariums and bigger, and you should have a license to own a Paku, Red-Tailed Cat, Tiger Shellinose, or Arowana, but that's just my personal opinion. Now, the next bad thing about the freshwater hobby is people not doing research about their fish before buying, and that is very, very bad. A lot of you go into your fish stores, automatically fall in love with the fish you see, and buy it but you don't know how big this fish is going to get. All right, for example, let's say I'm a, I'm a guy named Kevin, and I walk into the fish store, and I see a tank full of Pacos and Oscars, and I instantly fall in love with them. Let's say, for example, I'm Kevin, and I'm instantly new to the freshwater fish-keeping hobby. I know nothing about fish. So I have, let's say, $300 on me. 
I buy fifty-five gallon aquarium brand new, which is two hundred dollars. So I buy the fifty-five gallon aquarium. I buy the filters. I buy the heater, and I buy everything I need for the fifty-five gallon aquarium. And then the next day, I have more money. So I go to the fish store, I fill my tank at home before I go to the fish store, and then I get to the fish store and I tell the employee, can you tell me about your Pacus and your Oscars and how big they get? And depending on the employee, they might tell you that your Paku and your Oscar can live in a 55-gallon aquarium. And believing the employee, I say, okay, I'll take two or three Oscars and three or four Pacus. And I go home, I'm feeling happy, and then I, I, I put my Oscars and my Pacus into my tank. And then I go back the next day, and I say, I want, a, I want a sucker fish, which is a common fish that a lot of people into the freshwater hobby really want. So I buy a pleco, and then I say, I want this one, I want that one, I want this fish, I want that fish. And sooner, sooner or not, my tank's going to be overstocked with fish that I really should not have a 55-gallon aquarium. And that is really what happens into the freshwater hobbies because people don't do their research. So that really is a bad thing about the freshwater fish keeping hobby is people don't do their research. It really is awful. So that's one of the bad things about the freshwater fish keeping hobby. Now, you all know how I feel about this. But the next bad thing about the freshwater fish keeping hobby is hybrids, hybrids, and even more hybrids. Things like blood parrots, flower horns, Texas horns, parrot horns, um, and things like that. I can't stand hybrids. They are made for profit, and the Asians really, really, really are all about the profit, and that's why they create hybrids. So I'm totally against hybrids in the aquarium hobby. And the last bad thing about the freshwater hobby is that there is not that many invertebrates like saltwater. All we've got in the freshwater hobby is crayfish, little tiny shrimps, and snails. But in the saltwater hobby, you've got corals, you've got live rock, you've got some beautiful pistol shrimp, you've got some beautiful shrimp in the saltwater hobby. You've got starfish, you've got tons of uh, invertebrates in the saltwater hobby. But that is my good and bad of the freshwater hobby. Now we're going to talk about the good and bad of the saltwater hobby. So, let's learn the good of saltwater aquariums. Saltwater aquariums are very nice looking. And yes, I don't have to say too much about that because we all know saltwater aquariums are very nice to look at. Now, there are some very beautiful specimens of aquarium fish in the saltwater aquarium. That's right, there are some wonderful species of fish in the saltwater aquarium to look at. Nemo, or the clownfish, is very nice to look at. The blue hippo ting is very nice to look at. Let's not forget the beautiful yellow washman goby is nice. And then we've got the blue dragonette goby that is very nice to look at as well. The next good thing about the saltwater aquarium hobby is that you can create an ocean in your home aquarium by having live rock, coral, and fish. And yes, that's true. You have a beautiful ocean in your aquarium with live rock coral and the beautiful fish. 
And that's the good thing about saltwater aquariums is the many different kinds of live invertebrates, and most of them are going to eat algae in the saltwater aquarium hobby. And that's the good thing about the saltwater aquarium hobby is that it makes a great display tank for your kitchen, your dining room, your living room, your bedroom, or if you own a business, your restaurant, or your doctor's office. A saltwater aquarium is going to make a wonderful display tank. Now, the next good thing about the saltwater aquarium hobby is that the movie Finding Nemo boasted more people getting into saltwater hobby and more research was done, including clownfish being captive bred. And obviously, with the popularity of Finding Nemo, if all the clownfish were wild caught, there would be no more clownfish in the wild. But there is some bad that Finding Nemo did bring to the saltwater hobby, especially people thinking saltwater hobby was very easy and they can get into it like that. We're going to talk about the bad of Finding Nemo, but the one good thing Finding Nemo did to the saltwater hobby was boost more people's interest in the saltwater hobby and more research was done. And the last good thing about the saltwater hobby is they've got some wonderful saltwater fish keeping forms. I've joined a few of them just to learn a little bit about the saltwater hobby, and I have learned a lot about the saltwater hobby just by visiting those forms. And there's also some great uh, Facebook groups on the saltwater hobby as well that I've learned a lot on. So that's the good of saltwater aquariums. Now, let's learn the bad of saltwater aquariums, shall we? One of the worst things about the saltwater aquarium industry is overfishing. Species of saltwater fish in the wild are overfished for the aquarium trade. One of these fish, unfortunately, is the royal or regal blue tang, also known as the Blue Hippo Tang in the United States. The fish that Dory from Disney's Finding Nemo was based on has been overcollected and is in danger in the wild. All thank you to Finding Nemo, my favorite saltwater fish. The Blue Hippo Tang is in danger of being overcollected and of going extinct. So hopefully the blue hippo tang will not go extinct because it is a very beautiful fish. And all due to Finding Nemo, it has been overcollected for new fish keepers entering the saltwater hobby. And that's really, really sad. Now, here's a really sad thing I bet most of you saltwater keepers didn't know or you fish or your freshwater fish keepers did not know. A lot of the people that collect the saltwater fish from the wild for the um, saltwater aquarium hobby use iodine to stun saltwater fish, and then they collect them for the aquarium hobby. The cyanidine stuns the fish and pulls them out of their hiding spots so that they can collect them for the aquarium hobby. That is very sad. And when I learned that, I was very upset. I don't understand how the saltwater hobbyists are allowed to get away with things like this. It's not the hobbyists' fault, I should say. It's the people that collect the saltwater fish. They use cyanidine poisoning to stun the fish, and then they collect them 
for the saltwater hobby. That is just to get that's just to guess uh, profit again. I guess they're seeking profits over the fish's safety. Fine dining could actually cause ill effects on the saltwater fish. They're thinking that because the saltwater fish is so beautiful, they're going to get a lot of profit on this fish. Very, very sad. The next bad thing about the saltwater hobby is that corals are being cut now in their natural habitat and sold to the aquarium hobby to regrow. Yes, people are actually going out into the rivers, or excuse me, people are actually going out to the oceans to cut pieces of coral and sell them in the saltwater hobby, and the coral is going to regrow in the in the aquarium. Now, the next bad thing about the saltwater aquarium hobby is it's very, very expensive, expensive, expensive. That's right, the saltwater hobby is very expensive. I don't care if you have a job. It's going to be very expensive regardless. So unless you've got a lot of money, the saltwater hobby is going to be very expensive. And if you're willing to pay all that money for the saltwater hobby, then good for you. Um, because it really is expensive, and with that expense comes the possibility of you not doing the saltwater hobby right. Now, the next bad thing about the saltwater aquarium hobby is that many things can go wrong if you don't know what you are doing. Let's say you're a beginner setting up a saltwater aquarium. Many things can go AWOL on you, and you can lose all that money you put into the saltwater hobby. So that is why I said it's important to do a lot of research on the saltwater hobby and find someone who is an expert in saltwater and enlist your trust on them so that they can teach you how to have success in the saltwater hobby. But, yes, a lot of things can go AWOL in the saltwater hobby. Now, the last bad thing that I found on saltwater aquariums is that cycling takes much longer than freshwater, and I mean much. It takes much, much, much longer than freshwater. Cycling a saltwater aquarium may take anywhere from two to six months for a fully cycled saltwater aquarium. And unless you've got more patience than I do, that's really a long time to cycle an aquarium. Even if you've got lots of live rock, it's still going to take a while to cycle your aquarium. All right, and that is the good and bad of the freshwater and saltwater aquarium hobbies. A good start to today's show. All right, coming up next here on the Aquatic Wetline, I'm going to discuss how to set up a freshwater aquarium, how to set up a saltwater aquarium. I'll discuss the freshwater equipment and saltwater equipment you're going to need for your tanks, and I'll discuss some of the freshwater fish species and saltwater fish species. But right now, we're going to hear a word from our sponsors. Today's episode of the Aquatic Wetline is being brought to you by Ikari Sales USA, School of Fish, Inc., Fish Geeks, the online Facebook fish group dedicated to freshwater fish hobbyists, the International Aquatic Association, Jambox, Aquatics Euphoria, who wants to remind you that Aquatics Euphoria is going to be having a saltwater series starting Friday, March 6th, 2015, at 8 p.m. Eastern. Dakota Aquatics Plus Radio, Epiphany USA, who wants to remind you that tonight at 6 p.m. Eastern, the crazy 
William T. and the crazy Alex C. are going to be discussing drugs and the Alice Cardinelli show, which is going to be airing Tuesdays, Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays at 8 p.m. Eastern. And School of Fish Hunting reminds you they've got everything for your freshwater hobby and your saltwater hobby if you live in western Massachusetts. So let's hear from our sponsors. We're back with more of the Aquatic Wetline after this quick word from our sponsors. Stick around, folks. Hikari offers a wide selection of aquatic diets to help you and your fishy friend find success. With more than 137 years of aquatic experience, Hikari was the originator of species-specific diets long before others thought it was important or trendy, and the first to bring unique products to fish keepers like algae wafers, the world's first diet specifically formulated for Procosinus, micropellets, the world's first micro-coated aquatic diet for tropical fish, Saki Hikari, the world's first probiotic-enhanced diet for koi, goldfish, cichlid, and now turtles, and Biopure the world's cleanest and most nutrition-packed frozen and freeze-dried foods, industry trendsetters when they were first introduced. When you're looking for the best aquatic diets your hard-earned money can buy for your aquatic pets, look no further than Hikari. Your fish and your wallet will be forever grateful. School of Fish, Inc. offers everything an aquarium hobbyist in western Massachusetts needs. We offer the best of livestock from freshwater to saltwater and everything in between. We also have the best corals and live rock. School of Fish, Inc. carries the best brands of fish food, medications, and equipment such as Hikari, Tetra, Marineland, API, and much more. Stop by and check us out today. School of Fish, Inc. located at 1865 Page Boulevard, Springfield, Massachusetts, and we can be reached at 413-543-1994. We're open Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays, closed Tuesdays. Check out School of Fish, Inc. That's School of Fish, I-N see on Facebook for exclusive deals, specials, and see what's new. Fish Geeks is an online Facebook fish group that is dedicated to the aquarium hobby. We have thousands of members who all love this aquarium hobby. All of our members are a fish geek one way or another. If you are serious about this hobby and love fish, then come join our group on Facebook You Fish Geek. Type in the search bar on Facebook Fish Geeks and click join. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. Do you need advice on planted tanks? Do you need advice on community tanks? On Do you need advice on discuss? Do you need advice on salt water tanks? Well, get over to the IAA channel now! We can help you with plenty tanks, salt water tanks, community tanks, filtration! DIY, lighting, dosing, CO2, discus, angelfish, German blue rams, African cichlids, and any other community fish. Subscribe to the IAA channel today. 
Thank you, Ike. Choosing guitar accessories can be expensive and time-consuming, but it doesn't have to be. Jambox will deliver the necessities right to your front door. Jambox is great for players of any age and all experience levels. Try new brands, new products, and get your jam on. Order a Jambox today at www.jamboxcanada.ca. Aquatics Euphoria, a podcast about fish, all things fish and everything fish. Let William T. and his co-hosts dive deep into your tank and come up a great fish species topic for a great show. Check out Aquatics Euphoria today for an enjoyable fish show. William T. and his co-hosts do it all. Salt water, fresh water, and yes, plants and even specials on other interesting topics. Surf over there, right after this wonderful show here on Blog Talk Radio. Dakota Aquatics Plus is the next best aquarium keeping show here on Blog Talk Radio. Your host of this show, Andrew will dive deep into the topics of freshwater and saltwater fish, reptiles, and other pets. Dakota Aquatics Plus is live every Saturday and is a show that you will enjoy. So check Andrew out. blogtalkradio.com forward slash Dakota Aquatics Plus. Did you know that William T. has a new podcast on Blog Talk Radio? Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yes, kids, teens, and in-betweens. Epiphany is a podcast about revelations, sudden awarenesses, and innuendos. William T. will discuss topic by topic, week by week, or maybe day by day. You never know with William T. This podcast is controversial at best, interesting at least. Come join William T. at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Epiphany USA. Come hear what all the hype is about. William T. slam dunks his attitude with rants, political slurs about governmental blunders, world events and where this world is headed from a revelational point of view. See if this podcast don't grab your fancy. Come on. What are you waiting for? Come sit beside William T. and take part in a podcast that promises to be inviting, action-packed and just plain crazy at times. Come hear some senseless jargon and an attitude from the shrewd dude from South Carolina. The old man of mayhem, William T. Come on be brave and go there right now. Well, wait until this show is over first though. Hey, listeners of the Aquatic Wetline, this here is Alex Cardinelli, and I'm inviting you to be a part of my talk show, The Alex Cardinelli Show. On The Alex Cardinelli Show, we talk about everything from current news, to sports, to current events, to dogs, to politics, to everything you can imagine. So come join us at The Alex Cardinelli Show. We are live Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, we are live Fridays at 8 p.m. Eastern, and we are live Sundays at 9 p.m. Eastern. The Oscar Noise Show airs three days a week, Tuesday, Friday, and Sunday, with Friday being our current news episode, and Tuesday and Sunday will be our fun shows where we'll discuss anything and everything and have a fun guest on the show. 
So come check out the Alex Cardinelli Show on Blog Talk Radio, blogtalkradio.com forward slash crazy Alex Talks. Come on, come on, you know you want to be a part of this great talk show. So I'll see you at the Alex Cardinelli Show, blogtalkradio.com forward slash crazy Alex Talks. The Alex Connelly Show is going to air on Saturdays? No way! Is this true? The Alex Cardinelli Show, airing Saturday night? Since when? Extra, extra, hear all about it. The Alex Cardinelli Show is airing on Saturday night. What? The Alex Cardinelli Show is airing on Saturdays now. What? Extra, extra, hear all about it. The Alex Cardinal Show is airing on Saturday night. What? The Alex Cardinal Show is airing on Saturdays now. What? Extra, extra, hear all about it. The Alex Cardinal Show is airing on Saturday night. What? The Alex Cardinal Show is airing on Saturdays now. Yes, that's right. The Alice Cardinelli Show is now going to be airing on Saturdays with its all-new series called Saturday Night Live, kickstarting on Saturday, February 21st, 2015 at 8 p.m. Eastern. Your host, Alice Cardinelli, and his co-host, William T., will dive into your houses and present to you a wonderful action-packed show. On February 21st, we're going to have a guest appearance by none other than Slashmaster1989, Jeff T. Jeff T., Alex, and William are going to have a friendly discussion. On our Saturday Night Live series, you can expect comedy, Today in History, Trivia Time, and much more. So make sure you're a part of our Saturday Night Live by joining us each and every Saturday starting Saturday, February 21st, 2015 at 8 p.m. Eastern. We'll see you on Saturday Night Live on the Alex Carnelli Show starting this Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Live listeners of the Aquatic Wetline, did you know you can call in live right now to ask any fish questions or join tonight's fish chat? Just simply dial 1-347-989-8142. You may ask any fish questions you might have or chat with us about tonight's subject. You can also ask our guests any questions you might have as well. So go ahead and call in 1-347-989-8142. Please go to a quiet location and turn off the speaker on your phone. Please wait until we see your call and bring you live. But go ahead and call in 1-347-989-8142. 
Give us a holla if you hear us. You are now tuned in to the one and only Fish Keeping Podcast on Blog Talk Radio that started it all. With over 100 episodes, the Aquatic Wetline has something for you. What is Alex going to discuss next? Let's get back to the show to find out. Remember, you can call in anytime at 1347-989-8142. Now, back to Aqua Alex. Here live on the Aquatic Wetline on this fine Tuesday afternoon, and today we're discussing freshwater versus saltwater. Where I'm comparing freshwater hobby to the saltwater hobby, and we're having a fantastic show thus far. Now, before commercial break, I talked about the good and bad of the freshwater hobby and the good and bad of the saltwater hobby. Now, before I get into our next topics, I do want to give another caller plug-in. You can go ahead and call in live at one three four seven nine eight nine eight one four two to discuss what you like about the freshwater hobby or the saltwater hobby and why. That's one three four seven nine eight nine eight one four two. I'd love to hear from some of you fish keepers so that's one three four seven nine eight nine eight one four two enjoying this awesome show all right well we've already discussed the good and bad of both the freshwater and saltwater hobby now we're going to talk about setting up an aquarium for both the freshwater and saltwater hobby and then we'll talk about some of the equipment you need for freshwater and saltwater aquarium we'll talk about some fish from the freshwater hobby and some fish from the saltwater hobby here on the aquatic wetline right now all right So let's talk about setting up a freshwater aquarium. How to set up a freshwater aquarium. Well, the first thing you need to do is purchase your fish tank and stands. Now, obviously, you're going to need a fish tank and you're going to need a stand. Now, I would highly recommend getting some sort of hoods so that none of your fish jump out of your aquarium. If you're buying a tank brand new and you have money left over, I would recommend buying your hoods then and there. So, the first thing is as obvious is making sure you got a fish tank in your stand, in your hoods. And as I said earlier in the show, it is optional to have an aquarium light. That is your choice. If you want to have an aquarium light, fine. You can buy an aquarium light, but that is your choice. So first step to setting up your aquarium, have your tank and stand, put a position where you want it. Make sure it's away from sunlight so that algae won't grow in it. But make sure you've got at least light in your room where you're putting your tank. All right. Next step to setting up your freshwater aquarium is add your substrate, whether you're using gravel or you're using sand. Add your substrate to your aquarium. Or if you're going to be breeding fish or you're going to be raising some fry, in your aquarium you can go bare bottom. 
Bare bottom is very simple. All you've got to do is fill the tank up. And bare bottom is very simple for water changes. All you've got to do is siphon up all the crap that the fish produces, and you've got an easy water change. You don't have to um, go through a lot of trouble by siphoning sand, losing sand, or siphoning through gravel. That's why I like bare bottom. Bare bottom is easy to do water changes because you can just simply pick up all the waste that's on the bottom. But if you're going to be using substrate, you add it to your tank when you have your tank on the stand. Then you can add your decor. Your decor can be anything purchased from your fish store, whether it be flake, fake plants, skull decorations. I actually like the skull decorations, believe it or not, or any kind of decor you're using. Or your decor can be natural, like a natural rock you find outside your backyard. I recommend boiling your rocks for about 20 to 30 minutes to remove any bacteria on them. But, yes, you can use rocks that you find outside for your aquarium as natural decor. I do in all my aquariums. Just take a look at my Facebook pictures of my fish. You'll see a lot of rocks as natural decor in my aquarium. And, again, if you're going to be using rocks as natural decor, I'd boil them for 20 to 30 minutes to kill off any pathogens, organisms, or bacteria that are living on them. Then, obviously, once you've got your substrate and decor in your freshwater tank, you're going to want to fill your tank with water and plug in your equipment, which would be your filters and your heaters. Add prime and cycle your freshwater aquarium for one full week. The prime is going to speed up the cycling process on your aquarium, and you'll be ready to add fish to your aquarium very soon with prime. But I'd still wait a week for your tank to be fully cycled. Add fish slowly, and keep checking your water parameters. You want your ammonia to be at zero. When your ammonia is at zero, then you know your freshwater aquarium is fully cycled, and you can start adding some more fish. But first, add fish slowly after a week. And that is how you set up a freshwater aquarium. Very, very simple. All right, and now the very in-depth setup saltwater set. We're probably going to be talking for about 15 minutes here, telling you guys how to set up a saltwater aquarium. And this is all research, all right? So this is actually me copying and pasting from an article because I've never kept a saltwater aquarium. But I'm going to tell you guys how to do it. So I'm actually learning something today. I'm learning how to set up a saltwater aquarium with you guys. So I was talking from experience how to set up a freshwater aquarium, but I'm going to learn with you guys how to set up a saltwater aquarium. So here we go. Select the area of the house where you want the tank to be. Put the tank in an area of the house which isn't drafty, near a radiator, near a window, in direct sunlight, or near any other sources of fluctuating temperatures, for example, kitchen areas. Also, avoid areas which can get overly hot or very cold. Don't put it in a very busy area. Make sure you can see it enough to enjoy it. Buy the, large aquarium, the largest aquarium that will fit in your space or the largest aquarium your budget will allow. Larger aquariums provide a much more stable environment because the water chemistry will be easier to maintain over time. Plus, with larger aquariums, you can get as many fish in there as you can and as you want. That's how it is in a freshwater hobby, so I'm assuming the largest aquarium you can get in saltwater is pretty much the same thing, I guess. Choose between acrylic or glass aquariums. Acrylic will easily scratch, but it's easier to drill and it's much lighter. 
You can buy a tank freeze-reeled, or if you are handy, do it yourself using a diamond bit hole saw. Now, acrylic tanks are very expensive, but they are lighter than glass tanks, and you can drill them if you want to drill a tank. Now, some fish stores and glass stores will provide this service for you. A tank with an internal overflow is a big plus. These are often sold as reef-ready. It is better to choose a tank that is not too deep so you can reach the bottom easily. A tank that is wider will provide a better depth of view for a more natural look as well as have better light penetration. A second smaller tank, which is a sump, is placed under the reef-ready aquarium and will hold all the equipment out of sight. A sump is not a need per se, but it is nice to be able to hide equipment in as well as increasing the overall water volume in your system. Choose your lighting. Metal holodye lamps provide the best lighting for most of the corals commonly kept. Other forms of lighting are also obtainable and offer varying degrees of success. 250-watt bulbs will suit most common aquariums, except for the deeper ones where 400-watt bulbs provide more light penetration. The color spectrum of the bulbs is more of a personal preference. Now, lighting is very important in the saltwater hobby. Other types of light to consider are fluorescent lighting, specifically high-intensity fluorescence. Two popular kinds are power compact and T5, or T5HO, meaning T5 high output. These can be found in many of the same color ratings as metal halide bulbs and are often cheaper and produce less heat than a metal halide. Now, next thing to set up a saltwater aquarium is to set up the filtration. On a smaller tank, less than 40 gallons, regular water changes can be used in place of a skimmer. If you have chosen to buy a larger tank, 40 plus gallons, a protein skimmer is a very important piece of equipment to purchase. Get a good quality protein skimmer and place it in your sump or on the back of your tank if it is designed for it. Do not skip on this. Often protein skimmers are underrated, underrated for the size of the tank. So in practice, a skimmer rated for a 100-gallon tank is barely adequate for a 50-gallon reef tank, especially one with many fish that get fed a lot. Needle wheel skimmers are a popular choice and can be very effective for this size cost. So skimmers are very important with uh, saltwater aquariums. The skimmer quickly becomes cheaper than saltwater changes. Adjust the flow. Now it's time to get a saltwater ready pump to return the water from your sump to the main tank. Additional powerhead pumps in the tank or external pumps should be installed to provide additional vigorous tuberent flow to otherwise stagnant areas, which is crucial to the survival of your future corals. Place a heater or heaters in your sump or the rear chambers of your tank. Prepare enough artificial seawater for the volume needed. Use only a good aquarium sea salt brand and purified water with a reverse osmosis or RO 
filter. Another option is to fill the tank with RODI water and then add the salt. The importance of RODI system cannot be understated. Tap water can be used, but your aquarium is then at the mercy of whatever harmful chemicals may be in it. A good RODI system is not too expensive and should not and should be considered a, necess- a necessity. You guys should have a RODI system if you're going to be keeping a saltwater aquarium. A 100-gallon per day model is a good choice because you won't have to wait too long to make purified water, which is a nice convenience. If your tank is smaller, you can purchase bottled RO water at your local store. Now, copper is very toxic to most invertebrates, including corals, destructive uh, decorative shrimp, etc. So use of distilled water is not recommended as it has copper. And again, copper is toxic to invertebrates, including corals and decorative shrimp, starfish, horsefish, um, or seahorses, etc. All right, the next step to setting your saltwater tank up is mixing your saltwater. Once you mix your saltwater and fill your aquarium, turn on all your pumps, let the water rest for a day. It takes a little time for your salt to dissolve and your water chemistry to stabilize, and the action of the pumps will drive out excess carbon dioxide, which eventually causes a low pH. You can add sand if you choose to, either before adding it to your water, if it is not a live bed or after. If it is a live sand bed, add it after you have mixed your salt water in the tank. Leave the skimmer off until the sand settles. A sand depth of four to five inches is recommended for maximal detritus biological process, processing. At this depth, only seasoned hobbyists, as at four to five inches, many nasty things can grow out as well. Research aerobic and anaerobic sand beds for reef tanks. All right, the next step to setting up your saltwater tank, once you've got saltwater in your tank, is to add live rock and arrange to your liking approximately 20% of your volume. Live rock is going to help cycle your tank. The rock can be placed on an arginite sand bed, or alternately, you can add the rock prior to the sand. Live rock can be attained online from other hobbyists or at your local marine aquarium store. The next step to settling or setting up your a saltwater aquarium is to let your tank cycle. This means you will need to wait until the water tests negative for ammonia and nitrite. Inserting bits of frozen fish food in the sand bed can speed up the cycle. This is unnecessary if you added live rock. There are plenty of dead crustaceans and worms already inside due to shipping. This may take one to six weeks. Algae blooms can be a natural part of the cycle. Check and make sure the salinity is stable at 1.023 to 1.026. This does not mean it could be 1.023 one day and 1.026 the next. Find the salinity you want and keep it at that level. 1.25 to 1.26 is the optimum salinity for corals. A lower salinity is inappropriate for inverts corals. A fish-only tank could be kept at 1.021 to 1.026. All right, the next step to setting up your um, saltwater aquarium is add cleaning creatures such as snails and small hermit crabs and finally reef fish. If this is your first reef aquarium, 
get just one to three inexpensive fish. They'll be compatible with a variety of other fish, including any specific exotic kinds you want. You may want later on. Being inexpensive means not only that they'll be they will, they will not be a big monetary loss if they die, but they are strong, thus plentiful, and are less likely to die. And we're actually going to do a show on setting up a saltwater aquarium in its entirety with a very special guest here on the aquatic wetline. We're actually going to do a series on saltwater aquariums on the aquatic wetline. I know I promised you that I do shows on saltwater. We're going to do a whole entire series on saltwater. So today's show is more like an introduction to saltwater. I'm going to try to find the saltwater co-host, but if I can't, I'm going to do a lot of research and host my own saltwater series alone. But I'm, my first attempt right now is to find a saltwater co-host. But anyways, that is how you set up a freshwater and saltwater aquarium. Now, let's talk about equipment for freshwater aquariums. So, for a freshwater aquarium, you're going to need, of course, your fish tank, your stand, and your hoods, with lights being optional. You're going to need a filter. You can either use a hang-on-the-back filter, a canister, or a sponge filter in the freshwater fish-keeping hobby. You're going to need heaters in the freshwater hobby. You're going to need air pumps. The air pumps in the freshwater hobby are going to provide plenty of oxygen to your fish. You're going to need some decor for your fish. Decor is going to provide your fish a place to hide if they feel scared. You're going to need aquarium siphons for water changes in the freshwater hobby. You're going to need a bucket for water changes. And last but not least in the freshwater hobby, you're going to need a net. I can't count how many times I've went to buy fish from people off Craigslist. I went to their house, and they had no net to catch the fish. I had to go all the way home, get my net, and go all the way back there to catch the fish. Nets are really important in the aquarium hobby. Now, I personally think it's very irresponsible of a fish keeper not to have a net because what if a fish dies? How are you going to get out of your tank? Are you going to touch with your bare hands? Or how are you going to catch a fish if a fish is too aggressive to your other fish and you got to get the fish out of the tank? So nets are really important in the freshwater and saltwater aquarium hobby. So let's tell you equipment you're going to need for a freshwater tank. Now let's talk about the equipment for a, a saltwater tank. Now, of course, for a saltwater tank, you're going to need the fish tank, the stand, the hood, and of course, lighting. Lighting is very important in a saltwater tank. I don't care if you're doing a fish showing with live rock, or a, or a reef tank, or a live rock tank, or a coral tank. You're going to need lighting. So get a very good light for your saltwater tank. You're going to need live rock and live sand, and live rock and live sand are going to speed up your cycling process for your saltwater tank. You're also going to need filters. Now, you can use a good brand hang-on-the-back filter or a good brand canister filter, or you can use a sump, which should go in the overflow. You're going to need some skimmers, such as protein skimmers. You're going to need some power heads, which are great. You're going to need some sea salt mix and a hydrometer, 
or hydrometer, whatever you want to call it. C-Mix is available at your fish store and Petco and PetSmart, um, but your fish store is going to have huge pails of C-Mix, and I definitely would recommend buying a huge pail of C-Mix. I know my fish store, School of Fish Inc., has huge pails at great prices, and if I was in saltwater, I'd buy it from them. Now, you're going to need test kits, additives, and supplements. You're going to need an aquarium siphon. You're also going to need buckets for water changes. You're going to need a fish net for your saltwater aquarium hobby as well. And you're also going to need bins to hold ready-made salt mixed water. That's right. You're going to have to make ready-made salt water for when you do water changes. So you're almost like you're almost cooking in an instance. You're not cooking, but you're preparing water for your aquarium. You have to mix the salt water um, before you do a water change. Unlike the freshwater hobby, you can't just go and get water from your bathtub. You've got to have already mixed salt water when you do water changes on your saltwater aquarium. And that is the equipment for a freshwater and saltwater aquarium. All right, and we've reached our last topic for today's episode. This has been a great show thus far, hasn't it? All right, we're going to talk about some fish that are available in the freshwater hobby and the saltwater hobby. We'll start with the hardy and common freshwater fish. You've got guppies, platies, mollies, and other live bearers. You've got tetras, danios, rasboras, barbs, corridoras catfish, Plecos, like the common pleco, the bristlenose pleco, the fancy plecos, like the L200 green phantom pleco, the royal pleco, the flash pleco, the bulldog pleco, the rubber lip pleco. I can name many plecos, can't you tell? And you've got angelfish, garamis, you've got crib cichlids, allergy eaters such as plecos, otocinculus, flying foxes and such. You've got one of my favorite freshwater fish of all time, Oscar cichlids. You've got convict cichlids. You've got firemouth cichlids. You've got green terrors, severums, African cichlids, goldfish, and more. The list of hardy and common freshwater fish goes on and on and on because there is so many hardy fish for the freshwater hobby out there. All right. So now we're going to talk about the rare freshwater fish, the oddball freshwater fish, semi-rare to rare. And these would include arowanas, piranhas, gars, datnoids, one of my favorites, freshwater stingrays, snakeheads, some cichlids, fancy plecos, flat-tailed prostrolotus, black bar silver dollars, and much more. All right, and I really don't know how many saltwater species are out there, and I don't know what's common and what's rare because, let's face it, I have not kept saltwater before. So I'm just going by what my fish store usually stocks for saltwater fish based on their um, status updates on their fan page, but I'm pretty sure that these are a lot of the fish they've got, and I'm pretty sure these are a lot of the fish that are available for the saltwater hobby. You've got captive bred clownfish, which would include the Perkella clowns and the Oscillatus clownfish and things like that. My favorite clownfish, the maroon clownfish and the snowflake clownfish. Then we've got yellow tangs, which are a good fish. Then we've got blue hippo tangs, watchman gobies, which are awesome. I love the yellow watchman gobies. 
We've got angelfish. I love, I love, I love, I love the fire angelfish. And I also like the uh, pygmy angelfish. Oh, excuse me, the fire angelfish. My favorite saltwater angelfish is the flame angelfish, similar name. But my favorite angel, my favorite saltwater angelfish is the flame angelfish. We've got damsels, and by the way, clownfish are damsels. We've got anglers and frogfish. We've got the beloved cardinalfish, eels, foxface and rabbitfish. One of my personal favorite saltwater fish of all time, lionfish, puffers, tangs, and finally we've got triggerfish. So those are all of the freshwater and saltwater fish that are available in the aquarium hobby that I know of. There are multiple other species of freshwater and saltwater fish out there for you. All right, well, this has been a wonderful show tonight here on the Aquatic Wetline. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I definitely enjoyed hosting the show. Now you've got a freshwater versus saltwater comparison show to listen to at your disposal anytime. I really did enjoy the show. And now I can't wait to talk about saltwater even more here on the, aqua- uh, the Aquatic Wetline with some wonderful guests. All right, so we're going to go ahead and take our final commercial break of the night. And when we come back, we're going to wrap up this great show. In this commercial break, we're going to hear some wonderful songs for your listening pleasures. As a thank you for listening to today's show. So let's head to our final commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to wrap up this wonderful show. The Aquatic Wetline is now available to be listened to on Stitcher Radio. You can now listen to the Aquatic Wetline on your smartphone or tablet. Simply go to Stitcher.com and click on the search bar Aquatic Wetline Radio and you can download any of our episodes right on your smartphone. Now click deeper to the smartphone or tablet and enjoy any of our awesome podcasts. Aquatic Wetline is now on iTunes. You can download any of our archived episodes on iTunes. You can listen to any of our past episodes on your ride to work or your long ride on vacation. Simply go to the podcast section of iTunes and search for Aquatic Wetline to find us. Enjoy. Do you own a local fish store in your area? Do you own an online aquarium shop? Well, contact Aquatic Wetline at Outlook.com and get yourself a radio commercial advertising your business. The Aquatic Wetline is heard by over 200 people for each episode, so get your name out there. Please contact Aquatic Wetline at Outlook.com. So... We can advertise your business. We advertise fish stores, aquarium shops, YouTube channels, and anything in the freshwater and saltwater fish keeping hobby. So if you're interested in advertising your business, please contact us, Aquatic Wetline at Outlook.com, and we will prepare you with an awesome commercial for this show.
Would you like your topical fish question answered live on our Fish Keepers United Question and Answer? Then send all of your tropical fish questions to aquaticwetline at outlook.com. You can ask any freshwater or saltwater questions you have. We look forward to answering your questions. So submit them to aquaticwetline at outlook.com. No question is too dumb. We'll answer them all. So send them in right now. like your fish questions answered live on our February Fish Keepers question and answer? Well, email your questions to aquaticwetline at outlook.com. That's aquaticwetline at outlook.com. You might ask any freshwater or saltwater questions you have. Or you can also tweet your questions to at Alex Cardinelli1. That's Alex Cardinelli1 on Twitter. And Cardinelli is spelled Cardinal with an E at the end. Or you can also message me your questions on Facebook. My Facebook account is Alex Cardinelli. I hope to answer your questions on the February Q&A live Thursday, February 26th at 8 p.m. Eastern. Get your questions in right now. AquaticWebLineNetwork.com Alice Cornelli Wan or Alice Cornelli on Facebook. Would you like to be a guest on the Fish Keepers United series? This series has become very successful after our first four episodes. I love interviewing fish keepers. So, if you're a fish keeper and you're interested in asking Aqua Alex questions, and you're interested in Aqua Alex asking you questions, please contact Aqua Alex so you can be booked on the Fish Keepers United series. Contact Aqua Alex at aquaticwetline at outlook.com. That's aquaticwetline at outlook.com. Or you can message him on his personal Facebook account, Aqua Alex Cardinelli on Facebook. We look forward to seeing you on Fish Keepers United. Hey fish heads, get ready because on my 150th episode of the Aquatic Wetline, I'm going to have prizes just for you. That's right. On the 150th episode of the Aquatic Wetline, Oscar Alex has prizes for you. You, the listeners of the Aquatic Wetline, can win prizes. So make sure you tune in and listen to every episode of the Aquatic Wetline leading up to our 150th episode. Because on our 150th episode, you, yes you, could win a prize. I'm going to have tons of prizes from me and also from my sponsor, Ikari Sales USA. So you can win some fish food filters and things for your aquarium fish. So stick around. Our 150th episode is right around the corner and I can't wait to award you some prizes. So make sure you listen to the Aquatic Wetline right here on Blog Talk Radio, blogtalkradio.com. 
forward slash Aqua Alley. I now love freshwater, and I now love saltwater. 
All right, before I go, I've got a couple of announcements that I would like to make. And that first announcement is tomorrow, Wednesday, February 18th, 2015, at 8 p.m. Eastern, our normal airtime. That's right, tomorrow we're going to be back at our normal airtime, 8 p.m. Eastern. My co-host, Discus Man, William T., and myself will be discussing um, how to cure ick. Now, ick is a deadly disease for freshwater fish and saltwater fish. So tomorrow we're going to be discussing all about the awful disease known as ick, and we'll tell you guys how to cure it. So tomorrow at 8 p.m. Eastern, learn how to cure ick. Then Thursday, February 19th, 2015, at 8 p.m. Eastern, we've got our third episode of Oscar's Cichlid Keeper's Hour, and I've got my first guest on it. That's right. I've got the keeper of 18 Oscars, Antonio Martina, on the show. And he actually has bred Oscars in the past. So I've got an Oscar breeder on the show this Thursday. He's going to share his secrets with breeding Oscars with you this Thursday, February 19th at 8 p.m. Eastern. So if you love Oscars like myself and you want to learn how to breed Oscars, then make sure your butt is here Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern to learn how to breed Oscars and care for them from an Oscar expert himself, Antonio Martina. And then on Sunday, my other co-host, Jeff, returns to the Aquatic Wetline to discuss gobies. So we've got some wonderful shows coming your way this week on the, on the Aquatic Wetline, kickstarting tonight. So I hope you guys are ready for these awesome shows. All right, that's going to do it for us tonight here on the Aquatic Wetline. If you guys really did enjoy the show, please post it on your social media accounts. Copy and paste today's show URL on your Facebook, Twitter, and Google Plus account. The more shares we get, the more listeners we're going to get. So please, pretty please, if you enjoyed today's show, please post it on your your uh, Facebook, Twitter, and, and Google Plus account. You can check out today's show on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, by downloading Aquatic Wetline on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and take a listen there. With that being said, have a great rest of your day, and thank you so much for, for listening to the show and being part of the Aquatic Wetline tonight. I really do hope you enjoyed the show. I'm Oscar Alex, and thank you for listening to the Aquatic Wetline. Oscar Alex and the Aquatic Wetline now signing off. Good day, everyone. Thank you for listening to Aquatic Wetline, your one-stop podcast for everything aquarium. Aqua Alex wants to thank you for listening. Return next time for a fun-filled episode. Please check us out on iTunes. Leave a good review if you enjoyed it. And like our fan page on Facebook called Aquatic Wetline Podcast. And join our fan group called Aquatic Wetline Radio Fan Group on Facebook. Until next time, goodbye fish keepers. Hang on.